Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Green Bay game is over. Now it's time to talk about what happened in the game. What went right? What went wrong? Who's to blame? It's time for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University. Their commitment to education goes far beyond the classroom. Lakeland.edu. Your hosts for the show, Dan Plucker, and former Packers running back, Gary Ellerson, on the Big Show Radio Network. It is a final from Green Bay, and it is another Packers victory, 27-17. Your Green Bay Packers win and move to 3-1 and one on the season. It is Dan Plucker and former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the game here on the Big Show Radio Network. And what a game it was for the Packers. Defense specifically, especially with some pretty big names kind of being in and out throughout the course of the game. A couple injuries we'll have to get to, get some updates from from Matt LaFleur. Most important maybe there, Gary, Jair Alexander going down. Yeah, it appears shoulder looks like to me. I'm hoping that it's a stinger. Nothing, you know, that he's going to miss time. If that thing is separated, I mean... uh, that could be pretty difficult to play with. And, and normally they give that thing a couple weeks to try to heal on his own. And then I've seen a, a lot of players play with a harness. And basically you just play with one arm. Kevin King did that for a couple years for the Packers where he wore that shoulder harness and kept that one arm down. So it's not an ideal situation to be playing in. Uh, the, I guess the positive on that, you, you'll probably get Kevin King back. And right now, it looks like Eric Stokes can be a really good cornerback in this league. Yeah, it does. He had an interception today, closed off the game. I mean, the game was pretty much over for most of the second half. But that pick was what sealed the deal in that situation. And like you said, without Kevin King, now if if Jair's hurt mm-hmm. and Kevin King still can't play, you're relying on a rookie corner, a rookie corner, and a guy that you traded Josh Jackson for and Isaac Yidem to be your two starting corners. And I don't know if anybody's really going to feel a hundred percent comfortable in that situation. Well, your starting corners will be um, King and Stokes if King is healthy. If he comes back after yeah, I, well, this illness, concussion, whatever yeah, the heck is yeah, going on with should, him, he should be okay. I, I think. That's normally the way that lines up. Um, I wouldn't fret about it at, at this point. I think it's right now it's King. I would say it's King and it's Stokes. Sometimes you know you get those maybe concussions and afterwards is you you know you start you get an upset stomach and those types of things and it feels like you're ill. 
Hopefully it's nothing serious to the point where he'll miss the whole season, Kevin King I'm talking about. But normally that's part of getting a concussion. And I don't know how many he's had. So normally the severity, the more you get, the more severe concussions are. So that move forward on that, Pluck, I think is, you know, today I think you look at a football team that played, I thought, okay. I mean, it just felt like they dominated for a, a long period of time. But the halftime score just wasn't what I thought it could be. You thought it should have been more. Yeah, didn't it feel like it should be more? I mean, didn't it feel like they dominated them? And what, did they go in up by only seven and a half? Yeah, it was seven and a half. Yeah, and then they almost. There was that tripping call on Aaron Rodgers that 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 was all messed up. And And then what was the fumble return? You're like, oh, my God, they're going to go in (laughs) 17-14. Yeah. At halftime, right? That blocked field goal. Right. Not being called really did change the course of the game. Right, absolutely. But I think you saw. At the end of the day, I think you saw a Packers team that were able to do a lot of good things offensively. Let's talk about defense once again. Joe Barry thought it brought a lot to the table. Kiki Kingsley, that that strip sack that that mm-hmm. he got, I thought played well. I thought that changed the course of the game. That one play, it really did. I mean, it really did. I thought the defense held his own. Preston Smith didn't play much, and so now you're relying on some other guys. I mean, you you just really think about how thin the Packers really are. Right now, on the offensive side of football and on the defensive side of football, I mean they, they're very thin and they're still winning games. B- big kudos right now too. I say I got to give Aaron Rodgers some credit. G- the GM Aaron Rodgers, the GM Aaron Rodgers, yeah, right? Because yeah. Randall Cobb had yeah. himself quite a day. I got to give the GM Aaron Rodgers some credit today, and he stated that you know, like you're getting rid of guys that are veterans that I know is going to be where they're supposed to be. And he said that. And I'm going to give him some space. I'm going to give him some credit for that because I think he deserves it. And he found Randall Cobb repeatedly. And I thought Randall Cobb came in and really had a good game in place of MVS. And pretty much that's what happened. Yeah, and the story of the game was probably Randall Cobb having the day that he did and how often the Packers converted on third down using him. It seemed mm-hmm. like every single third down situation, third and medium, even Cobby. third and long, it was Rodgers looking directly at Randall Cobb yeah. and finding a way to get the ball into his hands, moving the ball down the field, moving the chains, and that's why they won this game. They controlled the ball for most of the game, did the Green Bay Packers, when it mattered. Obviously, late in the game, the Steelers got a bunch of of clock Mm-hmm. But for the most part, when this game mattered, the Packers had possession of the football. They had five more minutes of possession in the first half. They had 13 more plays in the first half, and they were just moving the ball consistently on this Pittsburgh defense. And it's why, ultimately, they won the game, because Pittsburgh had absolutely no way to stop them today offensively. 855-830-8648 to join us on the Van Horn Direct toll-free talk line. It is Daniel Plucker and Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the Packers win 27-17. And we'll get to some audio, too, from Brian Gudikin saying the reason that they... Uh, traded for Randall Cobb was because of Aaron Rodgers. This was a team that didn't necessarily think that Randall Cobb was going to have a great impact for whatever reason, and now we're sitting here and he was maybe behind Devontae Adams, the best receiver on the field, and was critically important to this ball game. And I don't know if a lot of people really saw that coming, but with the MVS injury, it seems like they almost needed Randall Cobb right. well, they this had year. To, you know, they had to have somebody else. And if it wasn't going to be Cobb, it was going to be Lazard. I mean, one of the two if you didn't have. Uh, but I also thought you saw Aaron Jones. I don't know his numbers, but I thought Aaron Jones 
got a little bit more involved too in the passing um, of the offense with some passing plays too. So I thought that helped them as well, along with Randall Cobb. And I think that, you know, once again, I think they all played well as a team offensively. You saw AJ Dillon get it, and I, listen, I cannot. The offensive line played their tail off once again. Yeah, I don't understand you get, you how gotta, they keep doing this. You got to give those guys some credit up front. I mean, you look at the rush numbers uh, with A.J. Dillon and with Aaron Jones, I thought they played really good up front once again. Now, T.J. Watt was hurt, you know, granted, but still Cameron Haywood's a beast up front. And they did a, a really good job of keeping Rodgers clean. Well, not to mention they have Melvin Ingram on that yeah. defense. They've got Devin Bush, who is a good rusher of the mm. passer as well. They have some athletes on that defensive front in the front seven. And they nullified it all game long, the Packers' right. offensive line did. They continue right. to impress and continue to be successful mm-hmm. in these situations where they're almost expected to fail. Like, they don't have... Two of they don't have their two best offensive linemen, and they don't have all three of their top three offensive linemen mm-hmm. from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Starting two rookies on the offensive line, and a guy that's been on the practice squad for his entire career is playing at left tackle, and they're still protecting Aaron Rodgers and giving him the time well, that he needs to throw the football. Well, Rodgers is throwing the ball on time too, though. I mean, he's not holding the football; he's in rhythm more so than I've ever seen him. And I think he understands the magnitude of how I need to help these guys up front. So he's not holding on to football very long. And sometimes he does. But I think for the most part, he's in rhythm and getting the football out quickly. Another thing that I was kind of surprised about, impressed with, was A.J. Dillon's day too. Because this is a guy we haven't really seen a lot of since that Tennessee game last year where he ran for 120 plus yards. And he's kind of in and out of the lineup, doing a couple different things here and there. But today... It seemed like they were trying to get him the ball all day long. 15 carries for 81 yards on the day. A lot of that did come late, mm-hmm. but throughout the course well, of the you game. Want it. You want it exactly. Late. And he's the guy yeah. that's supposed to be there in that situation. They paid Aaron Jones. They want AJ Dillon to be there to milk the clock in these situations. And if he can continue to play like he did today in the cold weather, and, and that's what everybody continues to say. You know, cold weather, mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon is going to be an absolute monster for this well, team. Well, here's surprising. How many passes did he catch? Uh, he had a, w- just the one. The just one, one for, for 18 yards. 18 yards. And so, I mean, once again, here's a, a kid that I don't think caught the ball very much at Boston College. He was basically no. like a run dame type of running back, just a big back, and they gave it to him. He didn't catch the ball out of the backfield very much. So I think that gives you – him a little extra added dimension on it. Listen, I can go out and catch a football if need be. So I thought, he, had, yeah, he had a really good game. He really did. And and this defense, like you were saying, the, the credit should go to Joe Barry a little yeah. bit as well because right. defensively, I don't know. It was. I think it was a combination of a few different things. Obviously, the first drive didn't go very well. But after that, I felt like Joe Barry riddle, really settled into what mm-hmm. he wanted to do and the Steelers couldn't really respond. I mean, Najee Harris was their top pick, supposed to be this great running back, held to just 62 yards today on the ground in the one score, and Ben Roethlisberger looks old. Like, he? he just looks old. Had Gary. he was old, Ben, that game would have been different. He I think missed, so, too. He missed like three touchdown passes at least. At least. Overthrowing guys. I mean, at least. He just wasn't sharp, wasn't on his game. I mean, he didn't, didn't look good at all. Um, I think you're right about Joe Barry's defense, but still this team is susceptible to double moves in his secondary. I mean, they got beat a couple times. Yeah. They'll see that again 
uh, next week. I mean, they're going to keep seeing those double moves until they get it right. I mean, you got no safety over the top. They're sitting, squatting. Uh, cornerbacks are going for the first move. So, I mean, they got to get better uh, at those double moves of defending that. No doubt. And they're still – Surely some things that need to be worked on with this defense for Joe Barry, but it was another impressive performance today against a good Steelers team. It's not the Steelers that they used to be, but it's still a good Steelers they team. 855-830-8648 to join me, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellerson here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. We'll hit a quick break. When we get to when we get back, we'll get to some more of your calls. We'll bring up some more stats from this game. Continue to break it down as the Packers win 27 to 17 against the Steelers at Lambeau Field. Celebrating a win with you on the Green Gold Post Game Show. It is Dan Plucker, myself, alongside former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson as the Packers win 27 to 17, but it might have come at a little bit of a cost. Ian Rappaport reporting that Jair Alexander is believed to have suffered an AC joint injury in his shoulder. They were they're gonna be doing more evaluations to see how bad it is. Uh, but that is the initial diagnosis, according to Mike Garofalo, Garofalo and Ian Rappaport. I always screw up that guy's name. Uh, but Gary, you said that you think that think that meant maybe a separation in his shoulder. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Normally, that's what. It, and and so you can play with those depending on the severity of it. And like I said, that. Normally, it's a harness, what we saw Kevin King play with. Um, and just so we never, they never tell you the severity of what these things are. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. So you just kind of got to guess. But he's going to miss some time with that, I would, I would venture to say. How much time do you think? Well, it feels like to me that's a two or three week thing, but it's all about, you know, pain level. Mm-hmm. The, the Packers always on the side of caution, always. Mm-hmm. And so. You gotta take that into consideration. I mean, did we ever think the MVS was going to be on the IR? No. I mean, did we ever think Zadarius Smith would get back surgery after being on the IR for a couple weeks right? already? And so we, so we don't. They're they're extreme. Like we said in the beginning of the year, everybody's talking about David Bakhtiari being back. I said he ain't coming back till week eight because that's normally what they do. Right. So if you think of their training staff and how they do stuff. It feels like that's probably a month, a four-week injury to me for so them. So if we're looking at a month, these are the games that Jair misses. And tell me whether you're not, so whether or not you're, you're thinking this is going to be a big deal or not. No, so I already tell you it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, no matter what. Even, right, you right. don't need to tell me the game. But, like, is it going to change what you would consider, like, a win-loss in these situations? So next week at Bengals, do they lose the game against the Bengals because they don't because, have Jair Alexander? Because, well, see, no, because here's the thing. Here's why I can't tell you that. It's because of multiple of things. Right. No Zadarius. No Jenkins. No no Jenkins, right? No um well no, just, just stay on defense. So no Zadarius, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a banged up Preston Smith with the shoulder, right? Uh Kevin King. Who knows? Who knows? Chris Barnes in that conversation too. There, there you go. And so it just won't be him. It's the totality of 
all of those guys that add into him missing is the problem. It's, I always say this. It's almost like when Penn State came into the Big Ten. It's my perfect analogy. <laughs> Penn State came to the Big Ten. Right. They go, okay, Michigan, Ohio State, we can get them, right? And maybe they go play Michigan, Ohio State, and maybe they beat them. But guess what? They lose to Northwestern. They lose to Michigan State. Or they lose to Wisconsin. Because they played all those, the big teams that they thought that they could beat, and they did. But then it's these other teams that they continue to have to play, and they're good, and they can't play up to that level every week. So the Packers, with all the guys that are missing, I think at some point adds up to a defeat against a team like right. Cincinnati. Sure. I mean, that's kind of the way I see sure. it. No, no. So it won't a- be a thing because of Jair's. just like they're – I. They're a banged-up football team right now just on the defensive side. We know what they got on the offensive side, too. Mm -hmm. But if you just look defensively, they're pretty banged up defensively. Ty Summers early in that game wasn't very good. No. I mean, and he wasn't good at all. I mean, they missed Chris Barnes up the jump. Now, they haven't told us how many games he's going to miss, but they need him back. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that, I saw Rashad Gary. I don't know if you saw him today. They had Rashad Gary today play – the role of Zadarius, Ladarius Smith, and in that he is now Zadarius Smith. I'm sorry, he now has that role on third down where he's kind of roaming all over the place, coming up the middle. He now has that role, so mm-hmm. it puts guys in different positions that they've never been in before, and that makes it tougher for the whole defense. So, like I said, the game puts pressure on the whole defense. Gary's prediction of missing a month: the games that Jair Alexander yeah. misses at Bengals, yeah. only their second road game of the season. Then they go to Chicago. Home against Washington, and then at the Cardinals. And no one cares, but Justin Fields looked really good today. He did, but it was against an awful Lions team. But yes, he he you looked. You got to make the throws. Mm-hmm. No, he did look good today. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight to join us here. It is Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson on the Big Show Radio Network Green Gold Post Game Show. Ty called up that number in Philadelphia, and he's now on the show. Ty, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's up, Ty? What are your thoughts on the game, man? Oh, man, um, I'll say, man, you know, you hate to see Superman, man, land on the turf, man, with a potential multiple-week injury, man, in uh, 23. Uh, you hate to see that, man, any anytime. But um, I feel like uh, definitely more the offense rather than the defense left a lot to be desired out there. Uh, I think they could have had a lot more points. Um, you know, they played well but not great, you know, I'll say. um uh, I think the encouraging thing outside of the injuries that we're looking at over these over these weeks as the season uh, progresses on is um, the turnovers, the takeaways that we're getting every game. Uh, I think that's uh, something to be uh, proud of and something to build on as the season goes on. If they could build up the confidence to take the ball away, at least at the rate that they've been taking it away the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, you give yourself a chance on that defensive end. But um, these injuries is uh, – they crazy. Uh, like 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 you guys said, you look up and Z is out for however long he's out. Uh, MVS is on injured reserve, and then now Jair. That could be another injured reserve uh, thing if he's going to be out for three weeks of, or, or mm-hmm. even more than that. So, um, yeah, but uh, the rookie, uh, I, you know, I feel like he's uh, – he's uh, stepped in there and played pretty, pretty well for a rookie. He's going to have his lumps and bumps. Uh, Kevin King, hopefully we get him back. But uh, 
like I said at the beginning, uh, you know, you don't want to see Superman land on that turf, man. But uh, all in all, good win against a good team. And, uh, you know, this team is progressing. You know, still got a lot of work to do, man, to be where they want to be at come playoff time, though. Yeah. No, they do. No doubt, Ty. Appreciate the call. And and I think it's it's tough to gauge how good this Packers team really is. Like, when, when we go through this season, that ugly loss in Week 1 everybody wants to forget about, and then they didn't play very well in Week 2, and then they beat the 49ers on the last second field goal, and now this was their first, I, almost I would say, comfortable win mm-hmm. of the season where it's like from start to finish, you almost felt like the Packers, Packers were going to win the game, and they're doing so against... Two good teams the last two weeks with a severely depleted roster. Like it's not like they're they're healthy. So it, it's like I said, it's tough to gauge how good this team is, despite the fact they're they're three and one and, and they're still winning games in spite of all of those injuries, which which does say something about this team, its character. And as long as you have twelve at the top, it's this team's going to be a playoff team. It's going to compete. But it it, it it's just encouraging to continue to see them win even though all of these unforeseen circumstances continue to be thrown in their face, Gary. No, I would agree with that. And, and I think, you know, and they still play at a high level. And if you look at the offensive line, I mean, all those guys have stepped in and played well. I mean, they dominated up front, this offensive line did, if you look at what in, in at the run game. I mean, they play – I mean, and, and to me that's – is it Stinovich? I believe he's the offensive yeah, line coach. Stenovich. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got these guys playing really well. And I think – Brian Gunnikoons, you got to give him some credit too for going out and finding these guys. We didn't know who these guys were. I mm-hmm. mean, Yash, is it Nightman? Is that Nightman. Yep, Yash Nightman. I mean, he, I mean, here's a guy that built, you talked about it, Pride Squad, for the last couple of years, but we had David Bakhtiari on our show a, a year or so ago, and he was saying that this guy can be pretty good. He's got mm-hmm. good feet. And they give him help every once in a while, which you should. And I saw they moved TJ Watt over to Nightman's side a little bit, try to get a good matchup, but for the most part, he was quiet he throughout the own. night. Yeah, I, I thought he played well. Yeah, if you don't if you don't hear somebody's name on the offensive line throughout the game, that's a good thing. Yeah. That means that they they did their job, and mm-hmm. you didn't hear any announcer say Yash Nyman very much today. And if they did, it was probably for a good reason. The the only play that I can really think of where I think everybody was just like, "What happened with the offensive line?" was in, on that first Packers drive where. Nobody blocked Devin Bush right up the middle. Runyon know, right. like let his former Michigan teammate just get to Aaron Rodgers for a sack. It, that was the only play, though, outside of that for 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 an offensive line that, like we were talking about, yeah. does not have a lot of dudes on it right now. They're they're getting the job done. They, they're they're protecting their quarterback enough for him to get his passes off in rhythm, like you were saying. And it's been really impressive stuff from this offensive line, and they'll continue to have to play that well moving forward. Uh, with some of these opponents, because mm-hmm. the Bengals, they're not bad up front either. The Bears, they wrecked havoc all day long on the Lions offensive line today. I was watching that game before I came in here. And then Washington, we know their def- defensive front too. So it's not like this path is getting any easier after 49ers last week and Steelers this week. But you feel encouraged. I think a lot of people feel encouraged with how good this offensive line has been so far this season, even without Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. We got a couple minutes left here, Gary, uh, and then we'll be hitting a quick break, getting in some more conversation here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. It is Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson hanging out with you. Um, we'll have some audio from Randall from Brian Gudikins talking about Randall Cobb too. Sure. That's coming up as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of good stuff here coming on the Green Gold Post Game Show. Packers win 27-17. Gary, what, what impressed you most today? 
I, I would say probably the offensive line. And you talked a little bit about the one mistake that he made. And you're going you're gonna to have it with a, with a young offensive line like that. So I think th- that to me, uh, how well they have continued to play without Bakhtiari, without Elton Jenkins. I mean, they've done a phenomenal job up front. You know the Pittsburgh Steelers are predicated on defense. They're going to come after you. I thought they played really well. I mean, you had two running backs that rushed for a ton of yards today. So I thought – and protected well. So I thought they played well up front. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about that. The the rushing attack from that offensive line, also very good in the process. It's not just about protecting 12. It's about being able to move the ball down the field on the ground, which they also continue to do today. 855-830-8648 to join me and Gary here on the Green and Gold Post Game Show. More coming up next as we continue to break down the Packers 27-17 to win. They move to 3-1 and on the season And we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers, we'll hear from Matt LaFleur, we'll hear a little bit from Brian Gutekunst about picking up Randall Cobb as he has a big day for the Packers. Some people saying Rodgers should win Executive of the Year. Lots of stuff still here to come on the Green and Gold Postgame Show. The Green Bay game is over. Now it's time to talk about what happened in the game. What went right? What went wrong? Who's to blame? It's time for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University. Their commitment to education goes far beyond the classroom. Lakeland.edu. Your hosts for the show, Dan Plucker and former Packers running back Gary Ellerson on the Big Show Radio Network. This is a Green and Gold Post Game Show. Welcome in. Dan Plucker sitting here alongside former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson as the Green Bay Packers move to 3-1 and one and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 27-17 at home for their second home win of the season. I believe it is their second home win of the season. 2-0 and oh at home and 1-1 uh, one one on the road. Yeah, they I believe you're right. They lost 49ers. Yeah. And yeah, they lost uh, to the no no sorry they beat the 49ers, beat the 49ers they lost, lost to the, the Saints, Saints and then the other two games have been at home against yeah. the Lions Correct. and tonight Correct. so there you are the Packers now three and one on the season and we're gonna break down the game a little bit more here but still room for you at eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight the Packers finishing the game with almost thirty five minutes of possession time twenty three first downs they forced two turnovers had almost a hundred more yards than the Steelers. We're 9 of 15 on third down. They did everything right today to beat this Steelers team, and it was an impressive victory where after the third quarter or midway through the third quarter, you felt like there was pretty much a very small chance that they were going to give this up. Like It, it's, it felt like the Packers pretty much all day, but that first half was a little bit more suspect, Gary. Like you said, you thought they should have had a, had a little bit more of a lead heading into the break. Yeah, and I hate when games are like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you see a team dominating, especially your team dominating, and then it just ends up being, you know, a touchdown away. And, you know, that's all. A guy falls down, blown coverage, and then boom, they're in it. I mean, much like right before halftime, right? Something stupid happens. They pick up a fumble. They run it back for a touchdown. And there you know. It's an easy score. Mm-hmm. So it just felt much closer on the scoreboard. But if you looked at the numbers – the numbers said that we dominated the game. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, I you know, I'm glad to get a win. Um, I, and I think, you know, Pittsburgh is still a, a pretty good team. 
they're a, a team that has a lot of history. Mike Tomlin's been around a long time. They're going to play hard. Then they just got to get a little bit healthier like the Packers as well. But the Packers right now are playing on a, a different level. At a very high level, 3-1 and one on the season, right atop the NFC with some of the other great teams. The Rams have now have the same record as them uh, with a loss today to the Cardinals, who are undefeated. The Buccaneers mm-hmm. are 3-1 and one as well. So right. we're sitting here, and the Packers are right in the conversation where they're supposed to be. 855-830-8648, a place where a lot of people didn't think they would get after that first game of the season against the Saints, but a place nonetheless that they are today. That first drive, though, for the Steelers, um, they were giving exactly what – you know, the Packers defense has been giving other teams. They're running up the gut a little bit, some shorter passes underneath. Uh, and then Rashawn Gary jumped off sides, and the Steelers took a shot to Deontay Johnson for this 48-yard touchdown. This 48-yard touchdown. Raffelsberger goes down the sideline deep, and it is caught! The flag is down back at the line of scrimmage. That might have been a free play and a touchdown to Deontay Johnson. Wow, you're not kidding. They wanted to get the crowd going. They did. Ben gets him off sides. I believe you're Offside. right, Jim. You called it. Defense, number 52, at penalties decline. Touchdown. The Steelers pulled uh, an Aaron Rodgers on the Packers defense. They got a guy to jump off sides, took a shot, maybe a bit of a push off there from Deontay Johnson, but he gets by Jair Alexander. It was a little bit a little bit shocking. That's not something the Packers fans are accustomed to, Gary. No, because if you go back to last week, you saw maybe a little push from um, Eric Stokes on the play. He got a penalty call mm-hmm. right down the middle. Very similar to me, but opposite ends of the spectrum. And, you know, I just like to say, you know, too, I think when you look at the Packers, you try to look at things that you thought that they could, could hurt them. And I don't know if the Packers are rectified any of that stuff yet, but most certainly you thought the offensive line was going to be a problem. I think they're playing better. Most certainly if you look at the defense um, in the secondary, you thought they'd be hurting there in the secondary. And, and I think they're playing much better football back there than you ever thought that they could. Yeah, and it's exactly – what you were saying, it's kind of stunning how good that they are in the secondary in those, now compared right. to where they were. In those situations mm-hmm. where you thought that they, they'd be – now, granted, there are some plays being left out there, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But still, he's got to make those plays, and he just didn't, wasn't able to make them. I don't think you fought the Packers for that. No, definitely not. Packers take over, but the drive is shortened after John Runyon missed a blitz from Devin Bush for a sack on third down that ended that drive. Uh now, Steelers get the ball back. A quick drive for them as well. A three and out. A good coverage by Stokes on third down. Knocks the ball away. And he gets his first PBU of the game, I believe that was. And now, uh, the Packers get the ball again. Third and five. Randall Cobb makes a catch for a first down. His first of many throughout the game. Because Randall Cobb was the guy on third down for Aaron Rodgers today. Um, in the first quarter, though, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones each had four touches, so they're splitting up the carries, splitting up the touches for both of those guys. Something interesting to watch throughout the game where, honestly, it was even for most of the game there as well. Aaron Rodgers capped off the 13-play, 64-yard drive with this touchdown run. Got Adams to the near side, who has three catches already. He's looking his way. Now, option is closed. He's going to take off! for a touchdown. Well, I was waiting for the discount double check here. (laughs) He runs it in. Rodgers showing off. 
the speed and showing you right there. You can still move around. It's always nice when Aaron Rodgers breaks free a little bit. Whenever you're towards the goal line, you know that you have a chance to put it in with Aaron Rodgers with his feet as well as that lethal arm. Always special to have something like that there. Next drive for the Steelers. And it doesn't take long for the Packers to get the ball back because Kingsley Kingsley Kiki makes a play. Let's see if they can protect the quarterback and let him throw under duress and get through it. Oh, he lost the football. It's on the ground. Roethlisberger's in the area for the recovery, but a Packer is right there too, and it belongs to Green Bay. Kingsley Kiki made the play to get the football knocked loose. And Kenny Clark recovers. I think we've, the interior defensive line for the Packers has been getting a lot of flack. Like a a lot of stuff for how they've played in the first couple of weeks. And a lot of that blame also going on Joe Barry, Brian Gutekunst for drafting the wrong players, whatever you want. But today, that interior defensive line played really well. Whether it was a play like this, but also stopping Najee Harris all day long. Well, I think last two games. Yeah. For me. I, and they backed it up. You know, I, Lancaster last week I thought stood out and played well. Kenny Clark last week, they having a couple different positions I thought played well. Today, Kingsley Kiki, I thought you saw him flash a little bit. And that's what they're going to need throughout the year, though. But can these guys keep this going on throughout the year? Yeah. And, and it's something that's certainly going to, every Packer fan is going to have to watch. Right. Packers take back over, though. Aaron Rodgers gets someone to jump off sides. But I've never seen this before, Gary. That's funny. Mike Tomlin gets yeah. a timeout off right. before Aaron Rodgers snaps the ball. They smile at each other. They give a little bit of props to each other for what they know both of them can do, Mike Tomlin right. being one of the best coaches in the league and Aaron Rodgers being the best quarterback in the league. And uh, Packers didn't get a free play, but coming out of the timeout, Rodgers finds Randall Cobb for his first touchdown since rejoining the Packers. Here's a third and ten. Jim, you see the guys lined up near the line of scrimmage? Here's Rodgers looking for Adams. And it's someone else instead. Who else but Randall Cobb, who's off to a great start and has the touchdown. 23 yards out. It was two touchdowns for Green Bay in under three minutes. And all of a sudden, the Packers up 14-17. The last three third down calls for Green Bay all went to Randall Cobb, Gary. All three of them going to that guy that Rodgers wanted here with the Packers. Well, Rodgers was searching him out. He was looking for him. And Cobb was right where he needed to be. I mean, he knew he had the matchups. They were doubling Devontae, and they had them both to the same side, and and Cobb was coming underneath. So, I mean, we talked about it. It is. Cobb is a reliable receiver that Aaron Rodgers has has always loved. I mean, he's most certainly – a, a, a backbreaker for the Chicago Bears. When they play Chicago Bears, you know, Randall Cobb always gets off and plays very, very well. So I think, you know, great. They went out, got Randall Cobb, brought him back. He wasn't this at his last team. No. I was at With Houston. the Texans. Yeah, yeah he, he was not. And even when he was in Dallas and played up to – here – he knows where he's supposed to be, has a great connection with Aaron Rodgers. To me, that goes a long, long way. Yeah, and, and we didn't really see uh, a power struggle either, which I feel like when 
there was only one play where it, that kind of happened. It was late in the game, fourth down, and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams ran the exact same route. And, I, and the ball was meant for Devontae. Randall jumped up for it and tapped it away. But that was the only time where it looked like Devontae was a little bit upset that Randall Cobb was maybe getting the, a little bit more look or mm. like was running a, a route, the same route that he did because they were both the number one for Aaron Rodgers at one point in their career, the guy that yeah. they would look at in that situation. And that was the one instance of the game where I was like, huh. Like I just kind of looked at it, paused for a second to think about yeah. what happened on that play because I don't know if that was the route Cobb was supposed to run, but it was the same route that Devontae ran. So obviously one of them was doing something right or they both sure. did. And it resulted in something wrong happening in the game. We should take a look at that because you said something that kind of got me. I don't know if Randall Cobb was ever Rodgers number one. That's a good question. I don't know if he in that situation he was the number one. Not not that. Oh, you mean number one receiver? Yeah, he was Just never. Randall Cobb was target. never the number one receiver. Yeah, but right. in that situation, uh, in a the third number one or fourth down situation he was the number he would be the number, number one, one target, target. Yeah, right. yeah that's what i meant but i was still thinking about number one because if you think about when he first got here there was a lot of guys mm-hmm. and then he overlapped with jordy nelson yeah. so jordy nelson the was the number one mm-hmm. and then he left but okay but did he leave before Devonte started having all this it was within, or was it, it was, or was he number one with Devonte early on i can't mm, remember I, I think it's there's a a crossover somewhere in there where that he might have been he might have been the number one and the torch was being passed to Devontae. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm gonna have to go back and look at it. But that that you said I I thought of something else when you said that. But <laughs> sure, because I don't know if he's ever been the number because I know right. early on it was all these other guys and then it was Jordy. But then when Jordy left, he was still here, wasn't he? I Randall. Look that up. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, we'll look that up. In I the gotta next ask break my guy here. behind the board. He would know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll look that up within the next break. So the, next the break. Steelers took over, and they were attacking Eric Stokes throughout the course of the first half. They were trying to get on the rookie's nerves, on mm-hmm. uh, and, and on one of those plays, Ben Roethlisberger just overthrew Juju on one of those double moves that would have been a touchdown. It forced a 52-yard field goal from Chris Boswell. Went off the upright, but still went in. That the Packers crazy. still led 14 to 10. And taking over, Aaron Rodgers had the longest run of the season for the Packers for guess how many yards? 15. That was the longest run of the season for the Packers to this point. And then it was responded with an A.J. AJ Dillon run mm-hmm. for nine yards himself. As time was winding down in the half, Packers started to take some shots at the end zone, but Rodgers missed Tunyons. And then Joe Schobert made that nice play to break up a pass to Aaron Jones in the corner of the end zone. Steelers blocked the field goal and returned it for a touchdown. Listen to everything that kind of happened in that situation because it was a pretty crazy couple of minutes. So now it'll be a 26-yard attempt. The only thing right there is I think the Green Bay linemen are slow, but I think the center actually might have been snapping. Kick is good. And I think he was snapping, but you can't be that far in the backfield without jumping off sides. So that was maybe the moment of this game, to be honest with you, Gary, because like you said, it felt like the Packers should have gone up, gone into the locker room up more. Yeah. And and had that been a block, had yeah. they returned it for a touchdown, 14, it's 17-14. They're yeah. down heading into the half. And who knows right. how they react in that circumstance where they're, they're stunned almost a little bit that the Steelers have the lead going into the half. 
No, you're right. And I'm like, oh, my God, this, this is just crazy. We've done all this work. We dominate this team, and they go up 17 and 14. If you go back and look at that film, they need to get the center, the long snapper, on board because he's got wasted motion. If you go back and look at it, so that in slow mm-hmm. motion, I think he goes forward, forward a little bit before he goes back. These guys are fast. Mm-hmm. They can get, they can time up that wasted motion. That to me, it looked like a clean block because of the wasted motion. I thought, we got lucky. I thought the same thing, you know. And and I guess it's it, it's on the NFL to decide right. when when a snap is a snap too. Because mm-hmm. if it is on that forward motion, then those guys were right on time and they did exactly what they were supposed right, to do. Right. But it was just the fact that the point of the ball was still on the ground. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Lots to talk about there and, and get into for the NFL because it's not the first time that's happened this season. It's the first time it's happened against the Packers, but there have been other circumstances across the league where very similar things have happened. So the Packers, they do go into the half with the lead 17-10. to 10. Packers were 5-for-7 on third down in the first half they had 14 more offensive plays and 17 minutes of possession five more than what the Steelers had 855-830-8648 to join me Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson here on the Green and Gold Post Game Show we got to hit a quick break we come back we'll recap the second half of this Packers win a little bit less exciting but lots of great stuff as the Packers win 27 to 17 to move to three and one on the season first was it a big play it's time for the Schulze Family Beef first score of the game. Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality Wisconsin pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. We're recapping the Packers' 27-17 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. It is Dan Plucker and former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the game. A celebration, a victorious win. Three, the Packers moved to 3-1 and one on the season, and it was all thanks to scoring starting off with this Aaron Rodgers touchdown run. Got Adams to the near side, who has three catches already. He's looking his way. Is closed. He's going to take off to the end zone for a touchdown. Well, I was waiting for the discount double check here. Yeah. <laughs> he runs it in. Rogers showing off the speed and showing you right there. He can still move around. Yep, and, and there it was. Yeah, move around. Yeah, he's moving around. Aaron Rodgers getting things done with his legs, and that was in the second quarter, but it was the first score of the game brought to you by Schulze Family Beef as your Green Bay Packers scored a lot more. That was not the only c- circumstance. So to start the second half, Randall Cobb makes another big third down play. He just continued to do it all game long, a 25-yard catch from Aaron Rodgers, put the Packers at midfield, and then Rodgers found Aaron Jones on the next play short, but he ran it all the way into the red zone. And then also on top of that, T.J. Watt gets a roughing the passer penalty, putting the Packers inside of the 10-yard line. On second down, Rodgers moving around in the pocket, trying to see what he can do, maybe with his feet again, right inside the 10-yard line, and he gets tripped up by T.J. Watt. And... Was it intentional? It was hard to tell. Sure was. You think it was? Yes. It was hard to tell. No, maybe it wasn't a hard to tell bit, for me. But it wasn't hard to tell for you. No. 
So you, you thought, would you think it was a dirty play though? Because Bart Winkler, who's producing for us today, our thanks to him for, for hanging out with us today. He he was saying that TJ Watt is notoriously a dirty player now. Do you think that it was a that it was a dirty player move or just a one dirty play? It's back to back plays. Bart is always over the top. Bart and Sparky are kinda alike. If you haven't noticed yet, they overreact to a lot of things. And then if they don't like you, they don't like you. So if he doesn't like TJ Watt, there ain't nothing gonna stop you from now there's nothing gonna stop Bart from not liking TJ Watt. So he's gonna call it dirty if you don't like him. Bart Winkler, go ahead and respond. Um Hello. Like two. There it is. There uh, we go. You baited me. I'm just here to you, you know provide me. support to this fabulous show, and uh, I just wanted to do it behind the scenes. <laughs> All right, give me a behind the scenes, Bart, of why you hate T.J. Watt. I wanted to be. I don't. I. I. I at no cost, I want to be on the show today. <laughs> at none. I wanted to do my behind the scenes work. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to bring and support you, on. you, but you baited me. Uh, T.J. Watt is a dirty player. He's been a dirty player. His entire time in the league. He always does the extracurricular stuff. He did it with the roughing the passer tonight. And then he clearly tripped Rodgers. Well, yeah, he tripped He him. was beaten, so he tripped. Yeah. Dirty. Dirty yeah, player. He's trying, to, he's trying to get the player down. He's a dirty player. I never liked him. Yeah. You didn't like him in college? No, I don't like the Watt family, if I can just See, uh, there it is. If I can just there it is, block. say that. What, you like the mom? Mom's kind of cute. I feel like uh, I, I know I don't like I know I don't like JJ and I know I don't like TJ. Okay, what about mom? I think the parents might be okay. Yeah, dad, firefighter. Come on. I'm not sure about Derek. I think Derek's my favorite. Watt. I would fullback. Say. Yeah. That's that's right down your line. You look like a fullback kind of a guy. I used to look like a cornerback, but now I look like a fullback. Yeah. Things have changed for me. Well, you're more muscular now. That is not true, but well, thank you. I'm going to paint a picture for you. You're more muscular now. Well, I think you guys are doing a terrific job out well, here. Thank you. Thank right. you, Bart. Yeah, get back behind the scenes. Any other thing you would like to bait me on before I yeah. depart? Uh, could I get some of those Doritos that you had, or the Bugles or whatever you're eating over there? Yes, I brought in 3D Doritos today. Okay. There, there's, there's a one dimension of Doritos <laughs> was not enough for me. I need three dimensions Isn't of Doritos. Is it a little bit too late to be eating Doritos? It's never too late to eat anything. Okay. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. All right. Uh, Thanks, guys. There it is. Thanks. He there hates he is. the Watt family. Bart Winkler. But mom and dad Watt, we think are okay. And Derek's and good Derek. too. Derek and and the parents. But does good. not like TJ and JJ. But not TJ and JJ. Well, I know throughout okay. the offseason, Bart got really tired of all of the JJ Watt. Is he going to come to Green Bay? Is he not going to come to oh, Green Bay? Oh, that's what's got him is sore. all of this social media stuff oh, all over the place. Oh, and I, Bart, I, I uh, that's Bart got to him, come back out here again and talk sore. again. So Bart Winkler rejoins us here oh, on the Green Gold Post Game couple, Show. A couple things with JJ Watt, if I may. JJ uh, Watt has to be involved in everything. I'm sure at some point tonight in this. Patriots Buccaneers game, you will see a tweet from JJ Watt. I would put money on that. They will show a tweet. JJ will say something. He does it during every big sporting event, the Oscars, anything. You uh-huh. know, everybody loves Ted Lasso and they win a bunch of Emmys. And so that night he's wearing a Ted Lasso shirt because he wants to be involved with anything. And then that that two weeks of JJ Watt Fest in March, uh-huh. free agency wasn't starting until the end of the month. So JJ goes to the Cardinals ownership and says, he says, 
I'd like to be released, but do it right now so I can have two weeks to myself. And then he tweets, oh, free agency is wild. Who knew when he wanted this period? Because there were no free agents. He was the only free agent because they cut him before free agency. And he soaked it all in and he played coy about it. Come on. Uh, It sounds like he's a little jealous of J.J. Watt. I'm jealous of an NFL player that's got a lot of money and yeah. is married to a soccer player. Yes. How how, how like That him. doesn't seem like my whole dream. <laughs> seems like he's a little jealous. Jealous of maybe both the Watt brothers. Yeah. And and maybe not Derek as much because he's not well, as well, successful. But there you go. Derek's not on t- Twitter or Facebook or Well, and he, he was never the highest paid defensive player no, in NFL history, and no. both Watt brothers are or point, have been. Yeah. Yeah, a little jealous. It's okay, right, Bart. We still ahead. love you. Bye. Go the game stuff. was over. I'd like to say one thing about the game. The game was over at that Kiki fumble. Yeah, that turned the tie. Called it. Uh, our good friend. Uh, Daniel Plucker, that's what he said. Daniel Plucker. Yeah. Because I said it when he was in the room. Yeah. He's stealing my... I, I told you it was the turning point of the game when it happened. Yeah. yeah. The, actually, I said that. Okay. All Have right. fun. Go, Thanks, go back, eat your bugles and Doritos, please. We'll see you later. There he is. All right, we do have to qu- hit a quick break here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. You know, he even walks like Bo- Boonhoser. <laughs> they walk <laughs> So, for all of our statewide listeners out there, Bart... Looks like Brett Anderson's younger brother, according to Brett Anderson, or Brett Anderson himself said that on Twitter, that he looks like his less athletic younger brother. Okay. And he also looks like uh, Bucks coach Mike Budenholzer, almost yeah. to a T. Like, if you put the three of them in the same room, I think a lot of people would get confused as to who was who. It, w- it would be very close. I agreed. 855-830-8648 to join us here on the Big Show Radio Network. Green Gold Post Game Show with me, Dan Plucker, him, Gary Ellerson, former Packer and Badger running back, and that guy, Bart Winkler, behind the glass, producing for us today. Our thanks to him for coming in and, and doing that for us today. Was a lot of people have a lot of things going on. Bart steps up when it matters most. So we appreciate him. The Packers win 27-17. We continue to break down the second half next here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. The Green Bay game is over. What was the scoring drive of the game? It's time for the drive of the game. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and smart home technology simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. It is the Green and Gold Post Game Show after your Packers win 27 to 17, move to 3 and 1 on the season after beating the Pittsburgh Steelers rather handily. When we left you, we were talking about TJ Watt and all of that disaster, the the tripping, is he a dirty player, all of this stuff. Well, that drive ended with the Packers field goal made at 20 to 10. Packers defense hops back onto the field and uh Continue to look good. Steelers picked up a first, but still a short drive. Only five plays and 20 yards, and they had to punt, giving, a, and it was a bad punt. Only a 20-yard punt there, Gary. Put the Packers in plus territory to start their drive. And A.J. Dillon, this is your drive of the game. A.J. Dillon broke free for a 25-yard run, and he was stopped short at the one-yard line. A play later, Aaron Rodgers finds Randall Cobb again for Randall Cobb's second score of the game. His second score of the game. Rodgers with one touchdown pass in this game. His next one 
would tie Dan Marino for sixth on the all-time list. One away. Rodgers flings it. It's caught for the touchdown by Randall Cobb, his second score of the day. And what a game by Cobb, and you called it. What company to be in, Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers. Those are two legends, all right. One still playing right there, Marino. He was the standard a lot of the years there in the 80s. Then Montana, a bunch of guys, but wow. Touchdown pass, 4-2-0. It's the, the drive of the game for multiple reasons because, first of all, and most importantly, he, he passes uh, Dan, Dan Marino. Marino. Yeah. For six all-time, yeah. 420 of passing touchdowns in his career. Mm-hmm. So great stuff from Aaron Rodgers there. Secondly, it was Cobb's second touchdown of the game, which puts that all into perspective mm-hmm. after the Packers bring him back because he had a huge impact in this game, a massive impact in this game. And I don't think a lot of people really expected him to have many games like this. So for it to come, I guess you could say this early in the season, only four games in, and now mm-hmm. you're looking and kind of seeing, because the first couple of weeks we didn't see Randall Cobb in action very much. It was a couple snaps here or there, even last week when MVS didn't play. It, it wasn't like we saw a bunch of Randall Cobb, but tonight it, sem- it seemed like he was in there every single play. Well, because of MVS wasn't there, so now he got an opportunity to play in that role. I mean, he's more that slot guy. That they mm-hmm. haven't really had in a in a number of years. MVS is a different slot guy. MVS is a take the top off the defense kind right. of a slot Stretch guy. the field kind Stretch of guy. Stretch the field kind of guy. He's not a your guy that works in the middle uh, a lot. So I mean, it was a different target for him, and it fit him with within his offense. You saw Amari Rogers in there early, mm-hmm. number eight. But did he catch a ball today? No targets today. Uh, let me double check. I don't think I, he did. But, but I, I saw him early, and I saw him early last week too. But just hadn't done anything yeah, yet. Yeah, no, no catches, no targets for Amari Rodgers. Uh, plenty. He's getting some reps. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is he is. Even EQ had a target today, though. Amari Rodgers not having any. And and we're, I'm, I guess I'm kind of surprised. And and I and I think and I'm wondering if Cobb can, if he continues to play like this, if he continues to have this kind of impact on third downs, if he continues to be this guy that Rodgers trusts, targets a bunch in these situations. I'm wondering if they're going to keep him in this spot because if he's this, if he's producing pr- producing at this level, how do Should you be. take him out? Yeah, how agree. do you? You can't. Well, you have to find different ways, different ways to use him, right? Along with MVS when he comes back, it could be a potent offense mm-hmm. if you can find different because they're two different guys, so you're not going to use them both the same. So I think there's room, there's room, there's room for both. Amari Rogers is the, the you know, is pr- probably he's going to take some playing time away from him. You think so, eventually? Yeah, well, yeah, because I think now if you want to play him more, Amari Rodgers is not going to be on the field when MVS comes back. Mm-hmm. Alan Zard, they need him because he's more of a blocker type of guy that they need within this offense. So he's going to play. So he has a whole different role. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting because maybe some of this is is in spite of what Brian Gutekunst wants. This is what he said after the team had acquired Randall Cobb, saying, you know, we might not have even gotten this guy in the first place. I think that's a big part of it. I think it's a big, you know, obviously without Aaron, I don't think we would probably be pursuing that. Um, Randall's still a really good player. Seeing him last night just kind of reminded me, you know, how what an impact he'll have in our locker room for our football team. But, you know, this, this, was, a, this was a very important thing for Aaron, and that's why we did it. Again, Gudikins points out there, like, this is a locker room get. 
Like what he did on the field today showed that he's much more than that to this team. And and if he continues, like I said, to play at this level, Lafleur has to keep him in the game. This isn't a guy that that he, other people should pass if he's catching five balls for sixty nine yards and two scores, and four of those six, four of those five catches coming on third down. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take that out of this offense. You can't. No, and that's what he does. I mean, he's always been that guy on third down. He operates. I mean, that's what. That's how he's always operated for this Packers offense. So, I mean, good to get him back. Glad Rodgers spoke on his behalf. Glad to have him. Um, And, you know, just got to keep this train moving here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and as long as Randall Cobb is on the field doing this, he's going to continue to be on the field. The Packers, uh, or the the Steelers do take over. um, And on that drive, they picked up a few first downs. They were Mm -hmm. moving the ball well, but it was forced. They were forced to go for it on fourth and four. And that's when Jair Alexander got hurt stuffing Najee Harris behind the line of of scrimmage, injuring that shoulder. We don't have much update on that. Matt LaFleur said he hasn't really heard anything. All we know at this point Mm -hmm. was a report from Mike Garofolo that it was an AC joint injury in his shoulder, which Gary thinks could mean he's out for a couple weeks here. And and that would definitely not be something that Packer fans want because he is an elite corner and he is the one guy that you can really rely on in that cornerback no, room. You can. And, and Kevin King, well, although he's been beat the last couple of weeks over the top, pluck. It's true. You're right. You know, I mean, of all the talk and hype, you know, they they've got behind him a couple of week in two weeks in a row here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. He but needs to tighten it up a little bit. But for the most part. I mean, in both in both instances, it was maybe a little bit of a push off in those circumstances. I believe no, it was Kittle Kittle last week, and then this week against Deontay Johnson, and and that's the one knock on Jair Alexander is his size. He's a little bit smaller than some of these receivers that he's going to be tasked to go up with. But still, the one guy that you can really rely on to not always sure. give up the big play, especially in the big it's situation, because twenty one Eric Stokes, yeah. we've seen him struggle. He's a young guy, a rookie, but he's done well. Sticky coverage, he's been though, in there. I like him. Yeah, good stuff from him and Kevin King. We all know has his issues. So without Jair, maybe for a couple weeks, that would be a, a, a very bad thing. Hopefully, it's not. It's not at that mm-hmm. level. Um, so no Alexander on the next drive. The Packers didn't have the ball for long because Aaron Jones coughed it up. The Steelers got the ball back. And uh, again, the Steelers started to move down the field. Pittsburgh going for it again on fourth and four, but Deontay Johnson fell out of his starting stance, just tripped out of it, and the Steelers had to punt. Packers, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was it was a very very just strange right. circumstance. You right. don't see that happen very often. Uh, the Packers take over. It was a three and out on their next drive. Uh, Pittsburgh went out it again, and Rashawn Gary made a a grown ass man play. A grown ass man play. What you talking? In the pocket, Roethlisberger goes down. He is sacked for the second time today. Gary got to him first, and this loss of six. Yeah, Rashawn Gary uh, was on yes. the outside, cut inside, and then brought down both Ben Roethlisberger, who's not a small dude, Mm-mm. and the guy that was guarding him. He like jumped over the tackle Crazy. and pulled down both of those dudes. With just pure strength. And what Rashawn Gary, that's just an example of what Rashawn Gary's freak athleticism can do, can do and, and the difference that he can make on the field. And and like you said, they're playing him in that Zadarius Smith role that uh, is kind of missing since Big Z has been out, and he's been playing pretty well in that position. No, he really has. And, I, and you know, he's a, he's a guy that's just, just athletic. I mean, he's got freakish ability. And the Packers saw that, and if you know what, listen, we can make him a stand-up linebacker. Just send him at the quarterback. 
And they've been able to do that. And now he's playing that Zadarius Smith role where he can go inside and play in there a little bit. So the guy's going to get after quarterback. And I, and I think for him, fourth quarter, and if the Packers are leading, let him go. I think they yep. can unleash him. He'll be yeah. very effective for him. No doubt. And then uh, all the Packers trying to do on their next two offensive drives is move the ball with A.J. Dillon, killing the clock with him, and then Pittsburgh gets the ball back. Uh, and had their first play of over 20-plus yards in the game with a completion to Washington, kick-started a seven-play, 65-yard mm-hmm. touchdown drive that finished off with a Stokes P.I. in the red zone and a touchdown run on the one-yard line for Najee Harris. So it's a 27-17 lead for Green Bay now. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm Excuse. sorry about that. Uh, so once again, moving the ball with Dylan. that's all they're trying to do. Clocks it all the way down into the two-minute warning before having to punt. And the Steelers take over, looking to make something happen. And Eric Stokes gets his first NFL interception, which sealed the game for the Packers. So all good stuff there from Green Bay as they win this one. 27-17, still room for you at 855-830-8648 on the Green Gold Post Game Show, though. It's me, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the game as the Packers move to 3-1 and on the year. The Green Bay game is over. What player stood out from today's game? Who made the biggest impact? It's time to name the Van Horn Automotive MVP of the game. Van Horn Automotive Group with locations throughout Wisconsin and in Iowa. Family born and employee owned. On the web at vanhornauto.com. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. It is the Green Gold Post Game Show here on the Big Show Radio Network. I am Dan Plucker. He is former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson. If you've missed any of the show so far, you can go to the Odyssey app and use the rewind function or find this whole podcast on BigShowNetwork.com after the show is over. So all of those things still to come here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Big Show Network. You can follow me at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R on Twitter. And Gary at Gary Ellerson. It's that simple, right, G.E.? That's there your Twitter it handle. Well, it's done. at Gary Ellerson. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Let's pick our MVP for the game, Gary. Who you got? Who you want? Uh, I'm going to go. Should Should we ever pick Aaron Rodgers as MVP? I feel like that's too easy. That is pretty easy. So so I'm going to go with Randall Cobb instead. I'll second Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. He Let's finishes the game with yeah. five receptions. Yeah. I believe four of those five coming on third yeah. down. 69 yards, two touchdowns, playing a fantastic game for a team that, that maybe he wasn't going to have a huge role on all season long. He had a huge role mm-hmm. today with what he did for this team and how they progressed to that 27-17 to 17 lead. Uh, before we hit a quick, quick break here, let's go out to Mike on the south side. Mike, you're on the Green Gold Post Game Show with Dan and Gary. How's it going today? Green minds think alike. I got Randall Cobb, too. And a uh, quick question for Gary. Yeah, yeah what's I up? Get to my Packer thoughts. How did Muskego do? They beat uh, Waukesha West Friday. Oh, I... I could be Waukesha West. Well, no, Waukesha West used to. They used to be pretty <laughs> they good. They're for a showdown with Franklin. They ain't yeah. gonna be pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I like. That's what it's gonna come down to. It's uh, always a showdown against Franklin. I don't know what's happened the last two or three years, but something. Well, happened. Franklin had it won, and they went for it, and Muskego stopped him. But mm-hmm. uh, 
Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, this tripping? Yeah. Packers did it last week against the Niners. It happens. The refs are on top of that stuff, but then one game they missed like 10 calls. And every week after the game, I look at my schedule. I think 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 is in the realm. But man, these injuries, you know, them them golf carts coming on the field and that. Mm. Oh my God. That's a lot. It's not making it any easier, Mike. Yeah. All right. Hey, you guys have a good night. Hey, you too. Thanks for the call. Yeah, and like you were saying, this Packers team is is banged, they're banged up. up. They're dude. banged up, dude, and they're winning. They're winning despite being banged up. They've beaten some good teams, you know? Like, it's not like they're playing the Lions every single week and beating <laughs> the Lions every week. No. I mean, the teams that they've beaten are historically yes. very good teams. Yes. The 49ers last week, the Steelers right. this week. Mm. They've got a decent Bengals team coming in next week who's been pretty good mm. throughout different portions of this season. They beat the Vikings already, the Bears. Who knows what's going on with them? Maybe they found something with Justin Fields. Well, I don't know if they found enough, but their defense is still pretty their good. Their defense I think. is still pretty the good. Bears. They can they can they can cause a little bit of damage themselves. Washington comes in, they're having ups and downs all season long too. They they barely squeaked one out against the Falcons today. And then we get we get really into it after that. At the Cardinals, at the Chiefs, home against the Seahawks. So, they've got some really tough competition coming up, and if if they don't have their guys back at that point, it's that's when you, you have to kind of yeah. start getting a little bit concerned about be this tough. because I don't know if like the Cardinals, I think at this point are the last undefeated team in the NFC and, and they're probably sitting at the top at this point, the chiefs, we all know the, the team that the Kansas city chiefs are, despite their mm-hmm. record of being two and two at this point, they won today pretty handily. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins is having a great season so far. The Rams, that's another very well, strong team. I at think the, the Ravens, yeah, the Vikings lost today though, I believe. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they did. But Kirk Cousins is playing pretty he's well. He's playing so. good, but he's still Kirk Cousins, though. He is. Don't get too enamored with him. No, I'm not getting enamored with Kirk Cousins. He's don't don't Kirk. don't worry. But he's he's a good quarterback, and he looks to be playing pretty well to start this season. The Ravens are still coming up. The Browns, lots of good competition. Agreed. Browns look in, pretty good in the Packers' way this this season yet. And like he said, you know, eleven and six. 12 and 5, all those things are kind of on the table here for the Packers. Who knows? Hopefully, even better than that. And we'll have some more fun here on the Green and Gold Post Game Show. We got to end a quick break here. When we come back, we'll have Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, Randall Cobb spoke. AJ Dillon was there too. Rashawn Gary, lots of audio to hear from up in Green Bay after the 27 to 17 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers today. We'll have all of that coming up next here on the Green, Green and Gold Post Game Show. The Green Bay game is over. Now it's time to talk about what happened in the game. What went right? What went wrong? Who's to blame? It's time for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University. Their commitment to education goes far beyond the classroom. Lakeland.edu. Your hosts for the show, Dan Plucker and former Packers running back, Gary Ellerson, on the Big Show Radio Network. 
I am Dan Plucker. He is Gary Ellerson, and we are with you after the Packers win 27-17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Final hour of the show here. Still room for you at 855-830-8648. It is the Green and Gold Post Game Show presented by Lakeland University with online learning in seven locations throughout the state. Learn on your terms at lakeland.edu. And the MVP of this game was Randall Cobb to both Gary Ellerson and myself, our Van Horn MVP of the game. A huge performance for him today with five receptions for 69 yards and two touchdowns, including that pass from Aaron Rodgers that broke his record, for well, broke Dan Marino, right. passed him, surpassed him at Dan Marino, who was sixth all-time with passing touchdowns at a 419. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. gets 420, and he is now sixth all-time awesome. with passing touchdowns. Awesome. So a little bit of history being made there for uh, – Aaron Rodgers, and also in this game, Ben Roethlisberger passed Dan Marino for being sixth all time, I believe it was, in passing yards too. So I believe it's a it's a tough day for Dan Marino and his records being broken by two all time Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers. But a great game for uh, Rodgers, not necessarily a great game for Roethlisberger, showing a bit of his age. But Randall Cobb. Indeed. We'll, we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers, probably speaking about that record and such later on in the show. Matt LaFleur will be coming up as well, too. We'll hear his thoughts on the game as the Packers win 27-17. to 17. And we'll hear from guys like A.J. Dillon, who had a good game, Rashawn Gary the same way. And right now, from our MVP, Randall Cobb. Here's what he had to say after the game. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun just to be out there with the fans again. Um, the atmosphere was unbelievable tonight. Had a lot of fun, um, you know, just being on this team. We, we got a lot of great players, and, and just seeing us put it together every week has been special. I didn't know exactly, you know, how big of a role I was going to have. Uh, and you all know me. I've, I've always said it's all about the opportunities that you get, making the most out of them. And I try to do that week in and week out whenever I get opportunities in practice, when I get opportunities in the game. And that's just my mindset. And, you know, I, I try to go out and provide what I can for this team whenever my number's called. Did you think uh, Aaron was going to try and run that one in, your second touchdown? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I didn't I didn't know if he was going to give me a chance, but I, I kept fighting to try to get away from him, and he put it in a spot where only I could get it. What do you think of his moves on his touchdown run? He looked great. I thought he was going to give me give me that one too. I actually I popped open in the back of the end zone. I don't know if he had crossed the line of scrimmage or not yet, but uh, I was I was joking with him after that. I was like, "Oh, you still got some wheels, huh? I can still move a little bit." So it, it's great to see him scramble around and be able to get out the pocket and make something happen. Randall, back to third down. You got eight catches this season. Six have been on third down. Four or five today. Is it to the point where if it's third down, you're you're almost expecting it to, to come to you? Uh, I wouldn't say expecting it, uh, but you know, I pride myself in being a third down guy uh, you know throughout my career uh, I don't know where, where I rank or where I am but you know I, I think I do have a lot of catches on third down and that's kind of the money down you know we always talk about um, keeping the chains moving and that's a very important down for our offense to stay on the field and, and continue to find a way to put points on the board. What is about the connection you and Aaron have that you're able to after so many years away kind of pick up uh, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know, I mean, when you've been around each other for so long and you understand 
Um, you understand how he understands how I move. So whenever I'm getting ready to break out my route, he knows. Uh, you know, he, he, it's, it's muscle memory. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple years, but some things. It's kind of like when you get back around your friends and you remember things that you hadn't even thought about in so long. Um, you know, it, it's kind of that connection that we have, and and just when you see it so many times. Uh, it doesn't matter how long of a gap it is between, you'll be able to pick back up where you started, where you, where you left off. What do you learn about this team, Randall? You're losing guys left and right. You know, your line makeshift kids, uh, three in a row. Uh, I think we got a very resilient team. Uh, I think we have a very confident team. Uh, I think it, um, us being humble week one really opened our eyes to this isn't a cakewalk, this is the NFL. It doesn't matter who you're lining up against, who you're playing against. It's, it's about finding a way to win that game. And, um, you know, a after that first loss, we, we just kind of reset our mind. And we didn't lose confidence in who we were, but we, we knew that we had to make sure we continue to put the work in week in and week out and, and produce whenever it came Sunday. The move in the locker room that this is the most convincing complete win so far this season. Everybody played a part in it. I mean, we'll have to go back and look at the film. I know offensively we could have th did some things better uh, in the second half. Um, you know, we had a few lapses in communication and um, in situations. So, um, you know, we'll go back and watch film and break that down and, and make the corrections and move on and get ready for next week. The first, touch, the first touchdown, was that play designed to, to go for you? And what did you see on that play? Um, I mean, all of us are reads on every play. It's not like it, it's, it's a design call for anybody. Um, I saw that I was I was getting doubled. I had outside leverage uh, on the nickel, and the, the safety was coming down, playing me inside. And um, my route called for me to kind of break across his face, and I just raced across his face, and Aaron was able to find me. Is this kind of how you envisioned it when the team brought you back in, in July, that nights like this? Is uh, I have a supreme confidence in myself, and I know the value that I can bring. Um, you know, I'm going to do everything that I can whenever I get those chances. Um, you know, I, my body feels great, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. I, I didn't know what to expect, and I think it's kind of better that way to not have any expectations. Um, you know, like I said, since I've gotten here, we, we got a great room. We got a lot of talented players, uh, a lot of receivers that can do different things, and we all have something special that we bring to the table, and uh, we're all going to be involved. We're all going to have opportunities throughout the season, um, and, and it's about all of us producing because that's what's going to make us take that next step. And, um, you know, I, I play a piece in that. I'm a part of the puzzle. And uh, I'm going to do my, my job and, and, and be where I'm supposed to be when I need to be there. Randall, along those lines, you guys have talked about the depth. And you've been on Packer teams that have a lot of depth. Lazar, Dylan, yourself hadn't done much in the first three games. What, what does this show about the depth of the talent on the offense? Uh, I, I think it shows that we have players. I mean, you know, uh, you know we, we – we have guys, and you know, it's, we always talk about next man up, and regardless of what the situation may be, somebody else has to come up and perform. Um, you know, Tay's going to get double coverage a lot of this season. He, he's going to get people that the safeties are going to push to him, and it's on us, other receivers to, to be able to make plays to open him up and make them think about us as well so, so he can have his opportunity. So uh, we, we feed off each other. It's, it's important for all of us to, to do uh, our job and you know whether it be a clear out route or getting somebody else open on particular plays we, we got to do that and make sure that and, and understand that we're going to have our opportunities throughout the year a few weeks ago when we talked you said that you were still trying to figure out your role on the team but after a night like this do you have any more clarity on that no <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's back to work you know we celebrate tonight 
we come in, we reset tomorrow, and we get back to work next week. And you never know how the game's going to go next week. You prepare yourself uh, the best you can um, to, to play and, and to be in certain positions. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get shuffled around and things to move. And uh, you, you just got to be re- ready when your number's called. A lot, a lot. You know, uh, it was electric tonight. Um, you know, again, I, after being in Houston last year uh, and, and it being COVID, not many fans uh, were allowed into some of the stadiums when we played. Um, being able to feel that it's electric. We feed off of that as players. You know, it's third down. That's why we're trying to get you all out of your seats and, and get you hyped because we feed off of that. We feel it. We feel the energy in the building and in the stadium, and um, it's, it's huge. So, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being out there again. And, you know, after that, after a few catches and getting kind of settled into the game, uh, I, you know, felt felt great. Say I didn't hear the first part. Yeah, yeah, and again, that's you know miscommunication. Um, it, you know, I had a landmark on my route that was kind of in the area that we, where he was, and he was thinking another thing. Both of us being really intelligent, smart players, and we both see the same thing. And Aaron saw it as well, obviously, because he's throwing to the same spot and. Um, you know, we had a mess up. I thought it was coming to me. He thought it was coming to him. So, what's your what's your comfort level in the offense now? I'm I'm very confident in my understanding of the offense. Um, you know, it's nothing like game reps have an opportunity in the game. That's where you really build experience. You know, you get it in practice, uh, but a lot of the plays are kind of, um, you know, we, we don't. Not every you're not going to run every play in practice. You know we have guys that we rotate through and make sure that we're all getting getting reps. So uh, my my confidence is really high in offense. I, I believe I have a great understanding of it, and um, you know hopefully hopefully I continue to show that and not have any mental errors throughout the games and um, and continue to give the coaches confidence in my ability. Hey Randall, you obviously know what Aaron did last year, but you've been gone from him for two years now. Not all quarterbacks are aging gracefully necessarily. In what ways does he look different, the same, better? What are your observations through four games? Uh, I, I think he's pretty he- healthy. I mean, as far as you know, his hair. You know, he, he, I don't know where he's been taken, but it's growing in really well. You know, we, we got to work on his little man bun, but um, he he looks great. He looks great on the field. Um, I haven't seen any change from um, whenever I was here before. Uh, you know, it's dialed in, you know, hear, hearing him um, give speeches after the game. Um, that's something that's new. And, you know, I think we all feed off of that, hearing his, hearing his voice. His voice carries so much weight. So uh, his words, whenever he speaks, you know, we all listen and we, we understand what this journey is. Uh, we're we're going to enjoy the moment. We're also going to look forward to what's in the future. So uh, we, we want to make sure that we stay locked in each game and, and continue to grow. Um, as a team together. Just after the first game and how it went, and then now you guys able to bounce back from that, what kind of confidence does these last few weeks give you for the rest of the season? And you feel like this is more of your team identity than, of course, how you started the season? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I, like I said before, I think we're a very confident team. Uh, we, we believe in ourselves, we believe in our teammates, we believe in each other. 
Um, and, and with every win, you, you build confidence. But it's, it's a fine line between coming arrogant and, and continuing to build confidence. And I think we have guys and leadership on this team that we continue to build confidence in the right way and, and making sure that we understand that we're, we're still playing NFL players. We're still playing NFL teams. And there's no such thing as, as a, a down game. You, you got to make sure that you're prepared and ready each game, each week. Uh, and we got guys in every position room uh, that, that are to make sure that we keep the young guys um, in tune with that and make sure they understand the importance of week in and week out, bringing the same energy to practice, bringing the same focus to the meetings, and, and bringing the same feel to the games when we, when we play on Sundays. Joe Moore, all this time, a couple years away from him, what's it mean for him to still go to on so many third downs? I think it was four catches for all on third downs. Um, you know, Aaron's, he he's going to go to the open guy. He's going to go to the matchups where you have the ability to win. And, you know, I, I'm going to do my part. Um, you know, if I wasn't open, he wouldn't be coming to me. So I, I don't think he would try to force the ball to me. Uh, so it's, it's, it's you know, I, I definitely think that the, the longer that we play uh, this season, he's going to get more comfortable with more guys and more guys going to have more opportunities on third down. And, um, you know, again, it's about us finding a way to win ball games and, and especially on third down, being able to move the six. You mentioned being humble, uh, humble week one and the, the fine line between arrogance and, and confidence. You, when you got here, did it feel like maybe there was a little bit of arrogance going into that opener? Does it feel like um, I, I wouldn't say arrogance, but when you come off the NFC Championship game and you have a chance to win, um, you know, you, you, you're going to feel good about yourself. Uh, that's no doubt. That's no doubt. Whenever you play as well as um, as they had played the past two years, I think it was twenty six and three over the past two seasons. Like you're going to be confident in in what you are and who you are, um, and we're going to get everybody's best shot. I mean, you got a target on your back when you wear this G. Uh, you got a target on your back when you you play as well as we do as a team. Uh, so we know that, and you know we we can't get ahead of ourselves. We got to make sure that we continue to look each other, ourselves in the mirror, and as a team, be able to. Uh, hold each other accountable uh, whenever we start to see some of those things starting to sprout up. So, um, and like I said, we got the leadership on this team to make sure that we that that, that happens. Thanks, All right, thank you, guys. There was Randall Cobb after the game talking with the assembled media after the Packers win twenty-seven to seventeen over the Pittsburgh Steelers, and what he preached that whole time was leadership. Well, it is, and I think what you have right now. Um, Plucker, I think you have an offense just in that offensive room. It's blossoming. I mean, I think you've got a lot of things in there that this offense can only get better. Right. I think you know, sometimes when guys addition by subtraction guys are out like MVS, now you look at what different players can bring to the table, and now you can be able to exploit that within this offense. Because this offense is relatively new for Randall Cobb. Mm -hmm. Relatively new for MVS, but we know what MVS can do. We know what Randall Cobb You have all these different – Josiah DeGuro, we really haven't seen him yet and what he can do within this offense. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of moving parts of this offense where it could be that much more explosive. You get back to Ari back, you get Elton Jenkins back. I mean, this offense has a chance to be really, really good like it was last year. Yeah, if not better. The, the thing is, this, this Packers team has so many different ways to beat it you. It does. And they only got another right. person to they add just to that collection with They Randall just Cobb. can't panic, right? And they didn't today. Pittsburgh comes down, they score, 
They didn't panic. They just can't panic offensively. Yeah, and the, if they do the things that they can, they're going to win a lot of football games this Absolutely. year. It's just going to be like last year. 855-830-8648 to join me and Gary Ellerson here on the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University, only on the Big Show Radio Network. Packers win 27 to 17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Move to 3 and 1 on the season and we're talking about it here on the Green Gold Post Game Show presented by Lakeland University. You can join us at 855-830-8648 just like Steven Germantown did and he is now on the on the show. Steve, how are you today? How you guys doing, man? Hey, doing great. What are your thoughts on the game? You know, I was at the I was at the game today. Got back in town, real smooth ride back home. Happy about that. No rain. Um, Good stuff. No, for me, for me personally, the, the, both sides of the line, offensive, defensive line, played excellent today. We um, look at the last two weeks, especially with the offensive line. In my opinion, we got Joey. Uh, excuse me, we got one of the Bosa. I think Nick Bosa, right? Yes. Yeah, Nick Bosa. Yeah, Nick Bosa, and yeah, T.J. Watt. Both those dudes, in my opinion, were completely neutralized in the last two weeks. That, that, that's a huge win for this offensive line, man. That offense needs Rodgers to stay clean. In the last two weeks, guess mm-hmm. what? He stayed clean. He gets the ball in the receiver's hands. Great things happen. That's why they're 3-1. and one. Yeah. Steve, I'll ask you a quick question. Did you see the halftime festivities uh, with the 96 all, Super Bowl team? I was the only person in my section in 120 standing up and cheering every single one of those dudes, Gary. That was phenomenal. I was so happy to see that. That was the coolest thing I'm a season ticket holder, so I've been going to games for 30 years. Yeah. That was the best halftime, whatever festivities I had in my entire existence. I'm not kidding you. Seeing Favre, seeing Frank Winters, seeing uh, all these dudes. I mean, these, I, I was five years old when they won that Super Bowl, man. Mm-hmm. Seeing that, that was fantastic. I never, I couldn't believe it. That was the coolest halftime performance they put on in my 25 plus you years. Saw, you saw a good right friend, now. Leroy Butler, right? That would be loudest besides Favre. Let's be honest, Favre is going to get the loudest one. Right. But besides Favre, it was Leroy, then Frank was number three. Those are the three dudes that got the loudest cheers. Leroy, I am praying this man gets in the Hall of Fame. Gary, I've been listening to you for probably 10-plus years in the Big Show. Love what you do. Right. You know how you know as well as I do. This man deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Absolutely, he does. Am I wrong about that? Absolutely. He's got better numbers than John Lynch. He's, he's one of the top safeties in history. How can we not get this man in the hall? It's, it's just a joke. It really is. I think 2022 makes it happen, but it's long overdue. You know that's right. You Absolutely, that's right. Steve. Thanks yeah, for calling, no buddy. No doubt, Steve. Thanks for the Drive call. Drive safely. And, and glad that we could get his thoughts from being at the game on that half those halftime festivities that we didn't get to see. No, so, they didn't show them. Yeah, they didn't show any of yeah. it. They didn't even show, like, sometimes when, when stuff like that happens, they'll mm-hmm. show it, like, in a recap or whatever yeah. when they're coming back from halftime. Right. And then the and the third quarter is about to kick off, but we didn't see anything None about it, which is kind of surprising, kind of mm-hmm. upsetting, because I would have loved mm-hmm. to see Leroy out on the field and, right. and hear all of the cheers that Leroy mm-hmm. and Brett Favre got in that mm-hmm. c- circumstance. So kind of a bummer we didn't see it, but glad we still get to be a part of it with you today after the game on the Green Gold Post Game Show presented by Lakeland University. It's me, Dan Plucker, and him, Gary Ellerson, former Packer and Badger running back. And and we were talking before the break about this off offense and how it's so multidimensional. There's so many different ways they can win. I mean, ground and pound, you have A.J. Dillon, who may be the next closest thing some people have said in the past on the big show, on this show, maybe the next closest thing to Derrick Henry in the NFL in terms of his size, speed combination, the type of guy he could be. That's his, his oh, I'm ceiling. Gonna tell you right, no, it's not his ceiling. 
Nope. Is the ceiling higher than that, do you think? Lower. He ain't Lower. Derrick Henry. Okay. Yeah, just stop. I saw this on Twitter today. He he, he ain't Derrick Henry now. Slow your roll. I can appreciate yeah, that. I don't he think are, he is either. Yeah, no, he all right. Now, I, I would say, can he be Eddie Lacy? And I think he can. Is he there yet? No. Really? You go, you go back and look at Eddie Lacy's numbers that year. Was that year that Rodgers were hurt? That joker put up some big numbers. He was good. So I, let's get him to be Eddie Lacy. I don't know if he can be Derrick Henry. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he can be Derrick Henry either. I think he's probably man. already better than Eddie Lacy. I though. can't tell I you. I can't tell you today that he's better than Eddie Lacy today. I haven't seen enough. Right, but I, honestly, but he's already more dimensional than Eddie Lacy ever. In what way? I think he can catch the football better. Eddie than, Lacy, go look it up. T- t- took a pass. Uh, he went like seventy-five yards on the reception, dude. Eddie Lacy was real good. A lot of people didn't like him. But Eddie Lacy was a really, really good football player. That's an interesting discussion we'll have yeah. to have sometime well, on the big show. We can do it on Big Show Network tomorrow at some point. Write it down. I'll write it down. It's it's in it's in the notepad for tomorrow. I'll keep it both mentally and write it down that, after yeah. this show's over. That, and then yeah. you have Aaron Jones if you need if you do need a guy. Y'all more. need to stop y'all. And here's another one. Y'all need to stop that uh, Alvin Kamara with Aaron Jones. Y'all need to stop that too. He's a really good running back though. Aaron Jones is a top. Seven running back in no, the NFL. No, today. you know what? I would say top five. You'd say top five. Yeah. Okay. This year for sure. Okay. Well, who you got this year? Derrick Henry. Zeke is up there. Uh, Aaron Jones in front of Zeke. You think Aaron Jones in oh, front yeah. of Zeke? Oh yeah. Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy. You can't count him. You can't count him. Not this year. I'm talking about right now. So I have to count dudes that are just healthy. Right now. Uh, Kamara. We already talked about him. Yeah. Dalvin Cook. He's better than Devin Cook. He can't. He can't stay healthy. Devin Cook. I think Devin Cook. Did he miss today's game? I think he, he did. Played, he played from. He, he got played. hurt during the game, but he played. He for always hurt. Of always hurt. No, I got him. Okay. Before. Well, if you take out players that right now, are injured, right now he might be two behind who? Because you said he's not better than Kamara. So is he better than Derrick Henry then? Okay, he might be three. So he's three. three. Okay, that I can I can see today. Okay, fluid situation. Could change next week. Today, three. All right. I'd probably put him further back at five or six. Well, you who are you gonna put in front of him? W- including the guys who I who are hurt, I would put probably oh, both I, of no, them. No, I can't put hurt and guys in. Probably Zeke as well. You can't play. You him. can't play. What's Zeke done in the last two years? Zeke had a good, good the last two weeks. Zeke has played. Zeke very had well. a good game today. Had his longest rush from scrimmage in what five years or something like that. Something like that. And yeah. he had a good game last week and too. You know what? I and that's pretty good for you coming trying to give some Ohio State guys some PR. Yeah, I know. I don't like, want. That's you know, good. I don't want to do that. That's good. <laughs> That's and I was giving good. Justin Fields props earlier yeah. in the show. That's the last thing Something that I want to be doing. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but let's move to the receiver core, I guess, sure. a little bit. We already know Devontae's the best in the league, so yeah. we don't really have to debate anything with that. Right. But next, Randall Cobb now stepping in for MVS, having the day that he did today. Uh, being, you know, we were talking about MVS being the guy that can kind of open things up over the top. Well, right. now on third down, if Randall Cobb can be the third down guy and Devontae can be the third down guy, he can trust both of those dudes yeah. in those situations. That's that's Aaron Rodgers, as Bart said a couple of breaks ago, calling his shot of like, hey, we need a guy like Randall Cobb on this team. So a guy I can rely on in those Pretty stressful much. situations. 
And if, if that's what Randall Cobb is for this team, how successful are they going to be? They're going to be like everybody's going to have to stop focusing solely on Devontae Adams in those situations. Maybe that's exactly what Rodgers wanted from the beginning. Yes, and so what you have, and which I like, you have a bunch of players. Here's a trip in here real quick. I'm watching. Oh, oh that's I'm definitely tripping. Yeah, 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 we're watching I Tampa think, Bay uh, Patriots up on the screen right now. But you have a bunch of players that can – that's what I like about this offense. I think you have a bunch of players – that can do different things. They all don't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. The receivers, MVS, speed guy. Devontae Adams, a little bit of everything. Underneath can catch a town deep. Uh, Alan Lazard, your blocking guy, but he can block and release and leak out. Boom, boom, done, right? Randall Cobb, now he's going to work the middle of the field. Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb, I think, are the same two players. Look at your tight end, big dog, blocker. But if you forget about him, like today, I can hit him over there and be wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanyan, I can get him matched up down the seams more. He went try to get to him a couple of times. Different. Not, right. Josiah DeGura, he, and we haven't seen him yet, but he's a move guy. So he's your fullback, tight, tight end. end. Well, we haven't seen what they can do, but there's a whole other package just for him. Yeah. this off, And then you talk about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, very diversified. Right. And so that's that's what I think is, is so hard to scheme up against this team because – like, how do you stop them? You, you go into the game and you're like, okay, well, let's try to stop Aaron Jones. Okay, well, then we're just going to run A.J. Dillon down your throat and we're going to run the ball with more force today instead of a so, little bit on the outside more with Aaron Jones. Was their game more. plan, Pittsburgh game plan, coming in was to give Rodgers a lot of looks, okay, up front. Mm-hmm. And they did that. And in the second half, they gave him the same looks, but then they decided to rush out of that, and Rodgers picked him apart. And so I, I think they teams come in with some sort of way they want to play the Packers, they mm-hmm. want to play that cover too, right, so make Rodgers. I think people come in with an idea of how they want to attack Rodgers. I think if Rodgers keep playing like he's playing right now, they come out of that system or they come out of what they want to do and do something different, and that's when you know you got them. No doubt. And and if if Rodgers can continue to pick people apart, he's going to pick any defense apart. Yeah. To be honest with you, maybe well, Rodgers, there's, I think there's Rodgers, the one game where he'll struggle Rodgers, against this. Well, Rodgers' only problem is Rodgers mm-hmm. is himself. Right. I don't, I don't know if anybody else can beat this guy. It's it's, it's just himself. He's I think he's his own worst enemy right now at this point. I think I think everybody talk about weapons. We don't have no weapons. I think we got a lot of weapons offensively. We have a lot of weapons. a lot, a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. Although Rodgers is the straw that stirs the drink, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So let's hit a quick break here. Let's when we that. come back, we'll hear from Matt LaFleur and from Aaron Rodgers. That's still coming up here in the show yeah. here. Lots of good stuff coming. It's Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson hanging out with you on the Green and Gold Post Game Show. The Green Bay game is over. It's time to head inside the locker room and hear what the players have to say about today's game. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. It is the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Me, myself, Dan Plucker, hanging out with you alongside Gary Ellerson. And let's go into that locker room. Let's hear from Aaron Rodgers here after the game. Couple minutes here. 
Uh, and then we'll also hear from Matt LaFleur in the next segment as the Packers win 27-17 over the Pittsburgh Steelers, move to 3-1 and one on the season. Here is Aaron Rodgers after the game. And you look at the, the numbers for Randall, eight catches, six on third down this season, four for five today. Why do you guys pick up right where you left off on third down especially? Well, he's still a really good player, for one. Um, like I said, after getting to Tracy, there's a knack to playing in the slot. And Devontae's an all-pro inside or outside receiver, but to have another guy in there who can get open like that and just have the feel that he does, you know, just gives us uh, a lot of flexibility in the offense, for sure. Aaron, what, what role personally did you play in trying to get Randall up to speed in the offense? He had a lot to try to Well, he was staying with me for the first, uh, I don't know, seven to ten days it seemed like so our nightly routine was to go through the installs together now there may have been some you know television on or something you know and he shushed me a few times when it was too much info but uh yeah i wanted to get him up to speed as quickly as possible and translate the biggest thing when you you know coming back is into a new offense and it helped me is to translate some of the old stuff we were doing now, from time to time, you know, with him and Devontae, I still use some of the old terminology that just hits my brain. You know, you're in the same system for 14 years, and you're trying to say one thing, and it comes out the old way. Luckily, you got a couple guys that kind of know what I'm talking about. But, but yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about the, the offense, and uh, it was a good, uh, good time until Ida came up, and, you know, the fun was over. you have anything you want to say to Pete? Your Thought about you, Pete. <laughs> is this kind of what you envisioned with Randall back in July, though? I mean, I think a lot of people were skeptical, but you weren't clearly just what you saw. Uh, yes. Uh, because of MVS's injury, obviously, a lot more snaps for him tonight. But I feel like the first couple weeks, uh, we could tell that he was getting himself where he needed to be to, to have a bigger role in the offense. But the things that he does that is just you can't really teach is that feel, you know, the third and 10 where he had inside leverage and made a kind of an out move and I put a good ball down the seam to him. Uh, his angle on the touchdown, you know, on that, uh, on that route, just the feel, you know, and just having guys who who can do it like that. And we have a lot of guys like that. I mean, Devontae is as good as it gets with his feel, and both Allen and Bobby have a good feel. But Cobby's been doing it for a long time uh, at a high level, and tonight was really fun. What did you see on your touchdown run? What did it look like? What did it feel like? Uh, check to a, a play that we've hit before. My eyes kind of went left to, to Minka. And I thought he was going to go and double Devontae. Devontae was running a back line in uh, with the back scatting that way, and then Bobby coming from the backside. He had a touchdown against uh, Atlanta on the same play last year. Uh, so I was trying to hold Minka to the left and, and get him to maybe uh, either take the back or go double Devontae. But he kind of stayed there and just popped on the right side. When I got through the line, I wasn't sure if I was over the line of scrimmage yet because. Cobby actually broke off his route. I probably could have dotted him. Um, but Pete's been talking all this trash about my athleticism. So uh, not that I you know, made a big statement tonight, but it's good to get in the end zone.
that feel that you talk about with, with Randall Cobb uh, from the slot, does that come out any more on third down just because of the situation and, and what do you see on that first best down? Well, the, the whole plan of the defense was to take Devontae out. So there was very few times where he was singled up. Probably the times he was singled up, I threw the ball to him. <laughs> Every other time, he was doubled up. So we knew other guys were going to have to get involved. And Kabi uh, just kind of flattened his route and kept coming, second hole, third hole. Uh, the protection held, and I was able to kind of get up uh, in the pocket, and, and I knew I had to put a little steam behind it. Um, but it's fun to watch him turn that corner and lower his head and get in the end zone. There was a little bit of Aaron Rodgers there after the game, breaking down some of those plays that we saw Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams make throughout the game. We do have to hit a quick break here. When we come back, we'll hear from the coach, Matt LaFleur, after the game here as the Packers win 27-17 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is the Green and Gold postgame show with Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson. More coming up next here on the show. The Green Bay game is over. What went right? What went wrong? What's the latest on the injuries? It's time to hear what the head coach thinks of today's game. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. Celebrating a Packers win with you 27 to 17 over the Pittsburgh Steelers on the Green and Gold Post Game Show. I am Dan Plucker. He is Gary Ellerson, former Packer and Badger running back. You can follow us on Twitter at Dan Plucker. That's P L O C H E R and at Gary Ellerson as well at Big Show Network for the show, the Wendy's Big Show, too, that you hear on many of these same airwaves. And Online at BigShowNetwork.com and on the Odyssey app if you have missed any of the show to this point. This is the last segment of the show. Right now, we are going to hear from Matt LaFleur after the game talking about the big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Doing well. Winning, you can't take it for granted. First of all, just it was a great team win. I was really proud of our defense. Anytime a team has the ball 11 times and they score three or three on three possessions, that's a pretty good night. So I thought the energy was there. The effort was there. Sure, is there some stuff to clean up upon? Absolutely, there always is. Certainly, we had opportunities, I thought, at the end of the game to kind of close it out, and we didn't. But uh, it's always good to go back and correct those things when you win a football game. So, uh, you know, it's a, a team that in the Pittsburgh Steelers that we have a lot of respect for. We knew we were going to get their best shot. and. I thought they came out and played really hard and uh, you know but we're really happy right now and we got to make sure that we again hit the reset button get back to work tomorrow and and focus on the Bengals but I also just you know it's it's been a special day just I guess uh, for for the Lafleur family if you will you know with the New York Jets getting their first dub so really happy for my brother and Sala and with that, I'll take any questions. Matt, do you have any idea uh, about the severity of Jager's shoulder? I do not. Uh, obviously, he's a guy that's really important to us. Uh, just one of the premier corners in this in this league. So certainly, we'd like him to. Hopefully, it all checks out well, and he'll be back with us. You've mentioned how you wanted to get Randall more involved with No Marquez, especially. Did, did that kind of feel like this was the game to do that? I think it just kind of happened that way. You know, certainly with MVS out, 
uh, it provided more opportunity for, for Randall to get into the game. You know, we had Allen more at the Z position. We used EQ quite a bit as well. Uh, but, you know, it just kind of happened that way. And, and Randall made the most of those opportunities and made some critical plays on third down. Uh, Any time in the red zone, especially make, making those plays. So just really happy for him. I know it was, I'm sure it was pretty special for him coming back in here and um, even though it was our second game, but to, have, to come out with two touchdowns was the first time to, for him to get introduced in front of this home crowd. You could hear the roar. So the love and respect that everybody has, not only from the outside, but from within our locker room for him is, is pretty special. He, he is, he is a, a great player, a great person, and it means a lot to this football team. Yeah, no, he just he knows how to run routes. He's a, a veteran guy, and they were running a lot of like two type two match type uh, coverages. I think they were certainly concerned with Devonte, and so um, that provided opportunity for other guys to you know, win their one-on-ones. And he certainly did that, especially in the slot. And uh, I know that there's there's great chemistry with him and Aaron. And we had great protection all night, I thought, for the most part. I thought our guys up front really battled and did what they needed to do to give Aaron the time to to work through his progressions. And um, But just, yeah, really happy for, for all those guys. Yeah, it's uh, I thought our defense was playing hard. Uh, I thought they were well prepared and you know, it seemed like there was pretty uh, pretty good pressure on Ben and that was important going into this game. And, uh, you know, I just think our defense is getting better and better, and hopefully we can continue that. I think Joe's doing a good job of getting the calls into our guys, and that has gotten better as the season's progressed. And I think that's always important is to, to make sure we get those calls in quickly to our, our guys so they can kind of see the offense break the formation and, um, you know, go out and play ball, make sure the communication's on point, which I thought it was was pretty good. I thought that the tackling for the most part was was pretty solid. There were a couple instances where they were able to break some tackles, but um, all in all, I thought it was a pretty good plan. Hey Matt, is there any chance um, that Alexander is done for the season, or do you feel pretty good that, that at least that's not the case? I, I have no idea. I have not heard yet, so I'm, I'm hoping that he'll be okay. Matt, circling back to, to Randall real quick, uh, it seemed like the past two games you guys didn't have a lot of situations where you were really behind the sticks, third and long. As a play caller, you know how exciting and encouraging is it for you that Aaron finds a security blanket like Randall four times in those third and long, third and medium situations in this game? How much does that open things up in your mind? Uh, yeah, that's that's big time because you got to convert, and I think our offense did a pretty good job overall on third downs. Um, was it nine to fifteen or something like that? So. And, and there were some opportunities where we thought we had uh, some things that we just maybe have to execute a little bit better on. And uh, I'm, cert I'm certain there's some calls that I'll, I'll go back and look at the tape and be like, man, that was a bad call. There always is. So 
but I thought our guys, for the most part, you know, we kind of took the air out of the ball um, in the fourth quarter. And then we, when we did, we, we just were a little bit short on a couple of those opportunities there. But I thought our guys played hard all in all, and it was part of their effort. There was Matt LaFleur after the game talking with you. Packers win 27-17. to It's Dan Plucker on the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Gary Ellerson here as well. For Gary, for Bart Winkler, who was on the other side of the glass helping out, I am Dan Plucker. Packers win 27-17, to and it's a big win for Green Bay. They move to 3-1 and on the season, and you'll hear Gary, Sparky, and Leroy break it down even further tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show. That all comes up tomorrow. Have a great rest of your night. Packers win 27-17. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 